0: time for us to talk motoring joined on the line by our resident motoring enthusiast kumbi mchakazi who joins us via zoom kumbi a very good morning to you
1: good morning to you and the listeners googs
0: so this week i came across an interesting tiktok video uh this young woman asking the internet uh, is it true that acon Uh, or using your aircon in the car uses fuel. And I thought that was interesting because there was a time in my life if you asked me that question, I would have said yes, because I'd been told many times that we can't use the aircon because it will use up fuel. And as we know, petrol is this precious resource, this expensive thing. But is that still true that if you use the aircon in the car, that it will burn through your very expensive fuel?
1: So, (laughs) I know this is a conversation that um, we we, we love having on 702. Um, And, I mean, right now, fuel is so expensive, we expect it to go up again. Mm. And I have to say that, um, you know, there are a lot of articles that some do say, no, it doesn't really do much. But it actually does, um, you know, increase your fuel consumption depending on load and what else is in the. Car at, at the time by about twenty percent, unfortunately, because you know the, the air conditioning system uses a belt, and obviously this now means that the engine needs to work slightly more harder. So yes, it does; in, it it literally does in, increase um, the fuel consumption in, into the car by sometimes point one or point two liters per hundred kilometers, oh. depending on obviously yeah yeah yeah. I always so, have
0: my aircon on; it's always on. <laughs> I didn't realize so I, am, and I didn't realize <laughs> it was using that much fuel. I just thought, you know what? It's hot. And it's been so hot lately. My aircon is always on.
1: And gooks, you know what? And I think sometimes um we are too strict with ourselves maybe. Um for, for, for you to start noticing um the, the the increase in fuel consumption, then you know what um it means that maybe this you're just trying to tighten your financial belt a bit, but I mean it's just literally point 0. zero or point one, point zero one or point zero two percent of your f- overall fuel consumption, right? Because there's slight load on that um on that belt and on the engine overall, but I mean it's nothing that that is going to be saving you thousands of friends in a, in a fuel bill every month. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's nothing that hectic because also it depends on, um, like factors that I mentioned, like how many people do you have in your car mm-hmm. and how is the air being, um, distributed in your car and, um, you know, you know, the blower settings, how hard is it working and stuff like that so that, then tends to um, strain the engine but it's it's nothing significant that you'll be saying um, you're running back to the bank and you know you you've saved so much money because of that
0: (laughs) but but the parents were right that we can't have the aircon on because it's going to use fuel
1: you know what they
0: they weren't just saying that they were telling the truth
1: they were right (laughs) they were right
0: (laughs) yikes i owe my mom an apology.
1: Oh, yes, you do.
0: So the other thing is having the windows open. So, you know, you can't use the aircon, that'll use fuel. But then having all of the windows open and some of your windows, apparently even that can cause, well, has an impact on the fuel. And does that, because you were saying one of the things that determines what the impact is, is load. So how much is the car carrying? If the windows are not open and the car, I guess, is heavier from the the wind, is that why Correct. that would work? Correct. Is that why the windows being open makes the car, I guess, heavier, so to speak, or is more? I think it's, it causes more drag.
1: Yes, yes. So having the windows open in a car does cause more drag. So there isn't really a, a win for the solution, Guggs, I mean, if you think about it, um, you switch on, you don't switch on your aircon, and you open your windows, then you're going to get more drag into your car, and I think then drag is even worse because I mean the car is aerodynamically designed. Uh, in a certain way. Sure, you can open your windows, but I mean, if you do open your windows, then that definitely brings in a lot of drag into the car. And if you've got more people in the car, then the drag is even worse because the car is heavier with people, luggage, etc. So that does essentially still um, affect your fuel consumption. And on the other hand, when you've got your air air control, it's also affecting your, your your fuel consumption. So I literally just tell people, man, just do what you see fit with your car.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do do what feels right.
1: <laughs> do what feels right with your car, man.
0: <laughs> and so, I mean, people are always looking for all kinds of fuel saving tips. Um, I mean, Correct. even in the design of cars, we've seen, you know, cars when you reach a, a complete stop, for instance, at a traffic light, like the car switches off, and then yes. when you accelerate, the car switches on. I've always wondered whether that makes a difference because doesn't a car use just a little bit more fuel in the lower gear, so one and two, to give the car power? So if the car's switching on and off, would that not use more fuel? How does that help with fuel consumption if it's switching off?
1: So now with, with um, you know, a car coming to, um, with the auto that's auto-start-stop system. Um, There has been some research that happens that they try to do. um, I'll try and send you a link later on um, and where they try to see how much fuel does it actually save. And turns out over the longer period of time, it didn't really save any fuel that much. Um, it it literally actually put in some strain on the starter motor of the system because every time the car goes off and it must go on goes off and go on so that's um that's one research that was done uh, by a fellow i think some somewhere in canada and he that's what he realized but there hasn't been data that backs up the fact that a start-stop system does really save fuel. Um, And I mean, personally in in terms of um, safety, I do not advise on having the start-stop system on. Um, I think it just, should something try and happen to you, you know, in in terms of hijacking or etc., then you're at risk of now the car sometimes now it delays the start-stop systems. There are some start-stop systems that I've driven where literally the car takes forever to start. So I think that in terms of start-stop system, there isn't really much data. I think there are many other ways that you can start, try and save fuel. I know that automakers and the engineers have tried and put in some thought in that. However, for me, I, I've never really seen to, to to see if it saves fuel as it's stated, but I do know that. I, and, and I think this is just some general knowledge. I mean, over time, it's a start, it's a starter system. So imagine you just turning your key in and off, on and off, on and off. Although it doesn't use the key system, but I think it there is some way that should happen over, you know, maybe 10, 20 years over your car Also,
0: so. We have received a WhatsApp voice note on
1: 072702-1702. Morning, Gooks and uh, the resident. The aircon might be using uh, f- fuel, but let us compare... Uh, where the, uh, you using an aircon versus having the windows open uh, aerodynamic drag will use will make your fuel use far far much more fuel compared to just using just turning on your aircon so closing your windows having your aircon on will use much less fuel than you having the windows open and having the car I work more uh, to be able to maintain a certain speed with the aerodynamic track, KK Pretoria.
0: Mm, thank you very much for that message, KK. Kumbi, do you
1: agree? 100% agreed with, with KK. He is speaking a lot of a lot
0: of Hmm. So, in terms of driving your car, so if you're going downhill, some people say again because we're always looking for ways to save or use as little fuel as possible that putting your car in neutral, driving it down a hill, uh, makes a difference that saves fuel. Is that true? I know that there's all kinds I, of safety concerns <laughs> about going downhill in a car that's not in gear. Um, apparently, that can be quite dangerous. Aside from that, usually people do it for fuel-saving reasons. Does, is there any mm-hmm. truth to that?
1: So there is no truth to um, coasting. Um, there is absolutely no need for people to be coasting down the road. Um, you need to just find the right gear. And once you do find the right gear, you will literally save still save fuel as opposed to coasting. I know there are some dangers when it comes to coasting um, that, that have been mentioned before, but there is absolutely no need for people to coast down. It does not do anything to your to fuel consumption, really. Just find the right gear. If So what I usually do um, when I'm going downhill is that if I'm in a manual car, what I will do is I will try and, um, you know, if it's a five-speed manual, I'll try my best quickly to get into the fifth gear so that I mean obviously in the highest gear and I'm not essentially still using the same fuel as opposed to being in a lower gear when your revs are all the way up. so I think people just need to make sure even in a, in in some um, of the automatic cars if you've got a you've got the option to change gears manually just you know try and as you start coasting down as you start driving down, Try and change gears all the way up to your highest gear. That way, you're in your highest gear, as opposed to your lowest gear. Because with Automatica, sometimes you're going down the road, and the car will automatically now start changing down to 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 the highest to the lowest gear, and you'll see your your revs per minute obviously increasing. So I always advise people to just you know just go up to the highest gear yeah, essentially mm. no need to coast
0: are there any other fuel saving myths that you've come across that you keep hearing that despite them not being true people keep believing or repeating
1: um so the, uh, the one myth for me that i still find a bit a little bit weird is that people say that um, cruise control uses more fuel um i don't know if you've heard of this one um mm-hmm. But so, if your car has cruise control, people will usually say no, don't use cruise control because it uses more fuel. And I still haven't. I've driven. I, you know, on the longer roads, people, um, you know, driving from wh- wherever, and I literally just use cruise control. And I've actually seen that sometimes with cruise control, my fuel range will increase and my 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 overall you know fuel consumption per 100 kilometers will also decrease mm. so whereas if i'm just you know using my right foot i'm regulating the right foot myself then you no know, there's human error there's you know Unnecessary accelerating and then that decreases the range of fuel and also that increases my fuels my fuel per hundred kilometers so i think people need to start using the cruise control more often honestly
0: yeah i believe in cruise control i think it's such a fantastic feature Uh, on 31702 says is it more fuel efficient to idle a car for say five minutes or switch the motor off then switch it on again after five minutes
1: oh yeah, this is this is um, quite interesting. Um, mm. So, so leave people, it
0: running while it's not moving yeah. or switch it off switch it on again.
1: So that's the auto start system basically. So I just a warm engine is more efficient books. so just keep your car running if um, essentially sometimes in the morning, your make your engine warm that makes sure that that makes it more efficient as well and um, if it is, if this is about you know a robot or a stop sign etc it is then just keep it running still it's a it's a warm engine is a more efficient engine that's um, that's always my theory mm. it's always a more efficient engine yeah
0: speaking of efficient engines uh, we are seeing more and more electric vehicles um, and Volvo I mean they've been in the game with an electric vehicle for some time now they've now launched uh, a new electric suv the ex30 that's coming to south africa
1: yeah cooks I've, I've i've had the chance of driving the car pre launch and um you know that's i just had to put that out there as a um <laughs> as as a flex um i do <laughs> think that they've made <laughs> i do think that they've made an ex ex you know such an ex, excellent car um this car comes in at under 1 million rand so this is their budget friendly electric car if i can put it that way and i know it's so wild such a wild thing to say it's their budget yeah,
0: and it's um, under a million five, rand <laughs> and,
1: um, yes it's it <laughs> at 775000 rand goes up up to 995000 rand so it's such a such such a weird thing to say that this is the cheapest the budget entry level volvo but it's such an amazing car it will go 0 to 100 in 3.6 seconds so this is the cheapest smallest, but fastest Volvo ever made. Um, and mind you, this is under a million rand in, in, and it comes to South African um, South, South African rands. Mm-hmm. I mean, we recently also just launched it now officially um, a few days ago, but I think they've done such an amazing job. Obviously, a different design, um, which does look beautiful for me. And we know that, you know, with electric cars, there's so many um, things that we always say, gee whiz, why do electric cars look weird? Why do electric cars yeah. look weird? Whereas now with the Volvo EX30, they've done nothing like that. And I think we, we've always seen this from the Volvo brand. All their cars, whether electric or not, look the same. They look normal, to, you know, normal, um, if we're going to call it that. So this is beautiful. They've got new um, LED headlights at the front. They've got a glass sunroof. The entire interior is made from recyclable materials. So that just tells you they are really living green. And, you know, in terms of range, you literally get that. Um, I had the top um, top variant model, which is a 64 hour kilowatt battery and can get up until 480 kilometers of range. I drove for 400 kilometers and guess what? I had 80 k's of range left when they came to pick it up. So is I that, do think that-
0: Is that the- pretty standard? That sort of 400 kilometers on uh, a full charge? Is that normal? Is that good? Is that high? Is that mm, okay?
1: So for, for this model, for me, it's actually great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, they do, it's, it's, a, it's a bigger battery, which is a 64-hour kilowatt battery. So it will get you that more range. Whereas in, in most electric cars, the most range you'll ever get is probably 350 kilometers. And um, while I used to say that's low range, it's not enough, et cetera. But I think that for your day-to-day running, you know, going, to, going, going for, um, for school pickups, school jobs, uh, you know, going to the office and back home, that's perfect you know, for any every person. Nobody's doing 300 kilometers over in a day. I think people, we just complain when it comes to more range, essentially when it comes to road trips, because that's what we mm-hmm. like doing. Um, but in terms of your know, day-to-day driving during the week, I mean, I don't think there are people who do over 80Ks a day in terms of um, um the the commutes. So if you do 50Ks a day, 400 kilometers in that Volvo exit is amazing because you can still come back home and, you know, just top it up. I meantime with with the charge. So that's something that I found quite cool. It will charge also from 0 to 100 in under 30 minutes um, using a fast charger, DC fast charger. So I think I was quite impressed. I was quite, quite impressed. 315 kilowatts and, you know, a massive for um, oh, quite a lot of torque as well. So yeah, it's, it's something that I really enjoyed.
0: And it, you know, for that price tag, I know you said it is budget friendly. It comes under a million. Uh, What do you get for that price? I mean, we know generally that Volvo is quite high-end. It is a luxury brand. Is that reflected in what you get for that price tag? Even though this is their smaller offering, it's not the XC90, for instance, which is sort of, it is their top-of-the-range, top-of-the-line SUV. Do you get quite a bit of um, gizmos, gadgets, uh, features for that price tag? Because it's not cheap.
1: Yeah, that's true. That that is, that is true. That is true. I mean, when it comes to yeah, that under million and um, saying it's quite cheap, that is actually, I mean, in the electric context, that's why it's cheap, obviously. Um, however, you do get quite an, a beautiful interior. I do think that, um, you know, they've, you know, just taken it off a bit. There's no speedometer in the car. There's only just the one centralized infotainment screen in the car. Which you operate the entire car with. One of my favorite features in that car also was the over a thousand watt Amanca Donson system, which has been placed essentially exactly like a soundbar. They actually call it a soundbar across the Ooh, the, 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 the windscreen. Nice. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Ooh, it's gorgeous. Sounds it nice. sounds incredible. There's also quite a, there's a lot of storage in the car, obviously, which I found quite cool. The one. Thing I didn't like though, was at the rear, with there isn't any cup holders or a or an armrest. So for the rear occupants, which does make it you know a bit a bit awkward. However, everything else in the car is beautiful. There's a ton of space. Those you know recyclable seats. You would not think that um, these are. Free of leather or free of anything, you know, it's just literally fishnets or jeans, et cetera, that were recycled. And they look incredibly gorgeous, Goods. I mean, um, I'll be posting the entire videos um, on my YouTube channels. Um, one is already up on my YouTube channel, and people have been already saying to this car looks incredible. That entire glass roof in that car, as well, it's gorgeous. It brings in a lot of light. So I do think that they've, and like I said earlier on, for the cheapest entry level Volvo, it's insane at how. Great! This car is, and you know that infotainment screen. And I also uses um, an advanced Hey Google, so you can literally run everything AI based. Hey Google, open my windows. Hey Google, do this, do that. So it's 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 such a brilliant system. I do think that the fact that they there are no buttons whatsoever in the car. Mm-hmm. If you want to open the glove box in that car, you have to press a button. If you want to fold in your mirrors, you have to use it on that touch screen. Literally everything goes. So I think that's where the flaw for me is, especially for a brand that's synonymous with safety like Volvo. Yeah. Because the fact that you have to take off your eyes on the road and focus on the screen, then it becomes a slight issue for me. But I do think maybe people will get um, used to it over time.
0: Yeah. Kombi, as always, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us this morning.
1: Thank you for having me, Googs.
0: That's uh, our resident merging enthusiast, Kumbim Chaka. See, if you have a fuel-saving tip that you've heard about that we didn't discuss, I want to hear it. Jeff says, I know there's a belief that having your lights on uses more fuel. Wouldn't your lights use your battery? Not your your fuel? That doesn't make sense. But Jeff says this is not the case. And I believe that lights should be on 24-7, as they are in many European countries. I know my car just switches, the lights are always on. Either the parking lights or just the normal dipped lights, the lights are always on. And I think in terms of the law, your lights should be on, actually. So we want to hear some of your other tips that you've heard of that have even tried. Uh, To save a little bit of fuel because petrol is this, petrol and diesel are this wonderful, expensive commodity.